When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket with me, Simon Hughes. And me, Simon Mann. And this podcast in association with TNT Sports, who of course have exclusive live rights of this India v England series. Simon, my sister, Bethany Hughes, a lot of people don't identify the two of us because we obviously look totally different and uh, intellectually we're very different as well. But Bethany has produced her fifth book recently, just come out last week, actually, and it's called The Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. Great book. It's a huge tome. My view is today, Jasper Brumrah has become the eighth wonder of the world. I mean, that was an astonishing spell of reverse swing bowling. Absolute genius. What did you think? Oh, fantastic. And Jaiswell the ninth as well. It was the Jasprit and Jaiswell day. Jaiswell went on to make 209. Burma's taken six for 45. And I'm going to say it. Okay, I'm going to go for it. I know it's Baz Ball. I know there have been some miracles. This is game over, isn't it, for England? I mean, get out of that one. Uh, you're just not going to, I don't think, in in, in this situation. And we might, we'll look later at ways in which they might be able to get out of it. But, you know, cricketing logic says you give India a first innings lead of 140 when they bat first in India. You're gonna you're gonna have your work cut out hugely cut out. I mean they're gonna be looking at 400 minimum to win, aren't they? Something like that. You, you you think unless we see something spectacular, dramatic on the third day in terms of a batting collapse. Yeah, yeah, it does feel that way. I mean obviously England conceded 190 uh, run lead in the first innings uh, at at Hyderabad, but obviously they were not batting last. And uh, you feel actually, and I think to, to to give you some credit, I mean you said that the uh, Indian bowling attack possibly was a little bit better, a bit a bit more balanced and a bit more you know, potent, had a bit more threat in this test match than the last one. It's odd, isn't it? Jadeja's not playing. And yet, actually, the special, especially the spin attack, uh, the addition of Kuldeep Yadav has certainly added an, an extra ingredient which helped 
Jasper Bumrah. But Bumrah's spell today, actually, do you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked about reverse swing a lot on this show, and it's a, it's a very sort of well-known skill now. But I don't think I've seen too many better exponents of it. And it reminded me a little bit of uh, the, the skill in the 1990s of Wazim Akram and Wako Yunis with reverse swing, where they would come on uh, looking fairly innocuous with the new ball. They would come on with the older ball, say 30 overs, 40 overs old, and just be absolute dynamite, making the ball bend round corners, totally too good for... Uh, in fact, one of my first games, one of my first experiences of Wazim Akram, facing Wazim Akram, we were having lunch at Lords. It was Pakistan against Middlesex. And we were having lunch at Lords, um, you know, about sort of 50 for no wicket. And the bowlers were all luxuriating in having bowled Pakistan out, getting stuck into a big Lords lunch. And we were having our third pudding at about 10 past two. And someone rushed in and said, uh, somebody called Wazim Akram's just taking three wickets and he's on a hat trick. <laughs> And I had to run downstairs, I was number nine, get hurriedly padded up. And in fact, I had to go in and back with no socks on because I didn't have time to get ready. I, I've told this story before, but this was Wazim Akram with the old Professional ball. cricket, folks. Yeah. Professional exactly, cricket. Exactly, exactly. Many, many examples of that, sadly, in my career. But um, I survived somehow. But the way he bent the older ball around callers both ways, from often from round the wicket as well, was astonishing. And Brum was the same. Um Let's hear a little bit from Jasper Brummer actually before we sort of discuss and analyse his skill because it's it's his manipulation of uh, of a batter that is so clever with that reverse swing. Is it here? He is talking to Ravi Shastri after the game on TNT Sports. When you play in India, the reverse swing plays an important role, and you know we've. Uh born in this country, you understand how to use reverse swing to your advantage in first class cricket as well, you use it to your advantage. Usually what happens is that when you bowl reverse swing people try to bowl magical deliveries and sometimes people try to do a lot, uh, bowl magical deliveries, every other ball. So you have to be patient in that as well. You have to set the batsman up. You have to bowl good delivery. It's not like the ball is reverse swinging and you'll get wickets. You have to set the batsman up. You have to have a plan. You have to uh, use your deliveries wisely. You can't just pull in swing out swing in swing out swing so that doesn't really help you so it's just like that so yeah very happy with the execution today and I was very happy that I could contribute on a wicket like that well I was watching it uh, today on TNT Sports and I thought Root's in big trouble here you, you could just see him he, he, he played with his mind because he got him out didn't he in the last test match with one that, that ducked in and Root just sort of fell over a bit and he was getting the ball to go away go away and then he ducked one in and Root knew it was coming didn't he he knew that sort of in ducker was coming but he just felt so uncertain about the ball going away as well so he ended up playing at the ball probably probably he didn't have to play it but he was right in he was right in Root's mind you could see it couldn't you you could you could actually you, you could see the build-up to it and it's absolutely no surprise uh, when he nicked off and you, you know and Root's reaction to that because he was in Root's mind as well he knew what was going on he just wasn't able to deal with it and that sort of sort of whack of the hip as he as he walked off just showed his frustration yeah I, I know the plan I know the trap and I've just I've just fallen into it because he is such a skillful bowler. Yeah, and and I I've, I've had quite a close look at Bumrah over the last sort of couple of years both at home and abroad and try to analyze why he's so difficult to play. Obviously one of the reasons 
is that the, the, his release point, and uh, you know, we've talked about this before. It's on my Twitter feed, the analyst. If you have a look at it, how much closer he is to a batter than a conventional bowler, like in this case, uh, KG Rabada, who releases the ball six centimeters in front of the crease. Bumrah releases the, the ball at, on average, thirty-eight centimeters in front of the crease because he has such a contorted body. So he's thirty centimeters nearer the batsman when he releases the ball, which gives obviously the batter le- less time to react. Also, uh, looking at uh, his release points and his release methods, you can't see any difference between the inswinger and the outswinger. So he got uh, root out with his, uh, his reverse swing outswinger, caught at slip, and then he got, uh, obviously, Ollie Pope detonated his stumps with a big inswinging Yorker. Now, I've had a look at both of those releases, and there's no difference. There's no discernible difference in his body positions, his arm positions. It's just the little bit of subtle wrist you know, just using one finger or the other to coax the ball one way there. And, of course, obviously, the position of the shine as well. So for the root dismissal, he would have had the shine on the left, on the offside, as a reverse swing outswinger. And then for the uh, Ollie Pope inswinger, he'd have had the shine on the right-hand side, the leg side, which and so the ball swung very late in and, and, and did, did rearranged his furniture. So it's those two aspects... That, that that his you know his biomechanics and his you know his, his deception that makes it very difficult to read which way it's going and a lot of people have said oh you know it's quite unusual for a, a bowler to bowl reverse swing both ways you know someone like Wakar Yunis for instance seemed to only swing it one way he only did the big in swinging Yorkers uh, and he didn't tend to swing it away but actually having had a, quite a bit of experience of bowling reverse swing you can make it swing away just as easily as as swinging in. The problem is, with an older ball, it doesn't necessarily... If you get the edge, it often doesn't carry. It just goes down because the ball is quite soft. So Boomer made the point in this innings, the ball was quite hard. And so it did carry those edges to so both Root and Johnny Bairstow. The edges comfortably carried from the reverse swing outswinger to the first slip. So it made that ball just as dangerous as the inswinger. So what could Joe Root have done about his dismissal? Because he 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 knew what Bummer was trying to do, didn't he? He was trying to get him, just playing with his mind, getting it to go away, come back in, getting it to go away. What what could Root have done? I don't really know, and and I think that's that was the groan that you heard when Root got out. You heard a little oh like that because he knew he'd been induced into playing a ball he didn't need to play at. It's so difficult because. He's been out LBW to Boomer a few times in the inswinger, so he's tried to work on that. And I noticed that you know, he played a couple of uh, early defensive shots where he made sure he got his left leg out of the way and played nice and straight and resisted that reverse inswinger. But then it exposes you to the, the outswinger because you're not quite across and you are not sure what to play at and what to leave. And I, I, I don't blame him at all for playing at that ball because he probably thought it was coming in mm. and obviously it went the other way. I think what can Root do? Try his hardest, his mightiest, to see where the shine is on the ball. Boomer's clever. He obviously covers the ball with his uh, right hand when he's running in, holding it in his left or, you know, or the other way around. But he, he tries to conceal it as much as he can I don't know. It's so difficult. And look, you know, it's one of the reasons why... How good is Boomer? Well, the averages went up on the screen today. He's got the second best average in history 
of a fast of any bowler who's taken 150 Test wickets, the second best of all time, only secondary to the miracle man Sidney Barnes, SF Barnes, who played in the early 1900s. Uh, Richie Benno always said he's the best bowler who ever lived. He was a sort of swing and cutter bowler, not really actually that rapid, but he was he had the benefit of things like uh, matting wickets in South Africa, uh, which bounced unevenly, and he took 189 wickets at 16. Well, no one has ever managed to match anything like that. And to measure how good Boomer is, you look at more the modern bowlers, the modern greats, the likes of Curtly Ambrose, Malcolm Marshall, Joel Garner, the great West Indians, who all took their test wickets under 21, just a a tad under 21, they were sort of 20.99 and 20.95 their bowling average. Boomer is 20.29. So he's 0.8 of a run better than any of them. Obviously, he's only taking 150 wickets. Marshall had 370. Ambrose had over 400. So, you know, they, they, they had a longer career. But it's a measure of how good Boomer is that he's taking his test wickets at under 21 and he has over 150 of them. It's incredible. And he's done this on a pitch uh, for which England have decided to select four spinners and one pace bowler. I mean, you, you need quality, don't you, in your, your pace bowling attack. And, and, and Mukesh Kumar, he actually went around the park a bit. Actually, a, you look at the bowling figures. I mean, they're really curious, aren't they? I mean, Ashwin went for, for five and over. You know, they, he was knocked around. Was he no trouble at all? Achim Patel didn't bowl very much, but he went for six and over. And Kumar went for six and over. But, you know, they did have Kuldeep Yadav. And there's, there's some banks in this surface as well. And we saw that with Rehan Ahmed picking up some wickets in the first inning. So Kuldeep nips in with, you know, his three and Bumrah with six. Magnificent. I mean, in terms of spectacular dismissals, the Ollie Pope was just fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, what, do you, have you ever knocked... A, a batter's <laughs> poles out yours or was a ball barely reached yeah, the stumps actually, I mean, at the far it's end? One of the thrills of fast bowling, actually, when you manage to catch the stump right. I have actually knocked my, the stumps out. I remember actually once mm. castling a, a, a batsman for Kent called Simon Hinks, who was a really aggressive left hander for Kent, very good player. And I managed to get one from round the wicket to leave him and took out his off stump. And, you know, it cartwheeled back, and it's, a, it's an absolute thrill. Uh, but I, I suppose it, you know, it didn't happen as much to me as obviously someone like Boomer who's got that bit of extra pace. But no, never knocked out two stumps. Uh, absolutely spectacular. And, and it did pretty much the same to Ben Stokes. Didn't take out two stumps. But that Ben Stokes had the added problem of the ball keeping a bit low as well. Um, you know, Boomer has so many... Uh, assets at his disposal, not just the reverse swing, but a really difficult bouncer, a very clever slower ball. He seems to have that in-swinging Yorker almost on a string that he can produce at will. And he's just, and of course he's got that sort of odd run-up as well, that sort of stumble and hop to the crease, which almost when the ball comes out catches you unawares because you're not expecting it to come quite as quick as it does. His pace around about 86, 87 miles an hour, it's, it's a good pace. It's not the breakneck speed of a Joffre Archer or, a, a, you know, Sean Tate or somebody like that, but it is fast enough. And with the movement he gets, he's, he's a demon. Hmm. Well, he was the cat that got the cream today. He got Root, he got Pope, he got Bearstow, and he got Stokes. I mean, that is not a bad quartet, is it? And he, there was a bit of rabbit pie there at the end as well. Or, well, though Hartley played pretty well and was actually trying to swing, wasn't he, and get some runs at the end. And Anderson you know, was pinned LBW. So that was uh, Bumrah's 
six wickets. So I was watching that on TNT Sports this morning behind the sofa, actually, kind of watching Boomer go through the England middle order. And of course, TNT Sports is the exclusive home of the UEFA Champions League, Europa League and Europa Conference League, as well as showing Premier League football and rugby, MotoGP, boxing, UFC, NBA, WWE and more. Everton against Spurs, my team, allegedly, is on tomorrow on TNT Sports. You can stream it on Discovery Plus or watch TNT Sports channels on EE, Sky and Virgin Media. A subscription is required, aged 18+. plus. TNCs apply. So let's go back after the break to another fantastic fast bowler, Jimmy Anderson, and how he managed to take some wickets earlier in the day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, we had a debate yesterday, Oz, didn't we? And there was a lot of debate around about whose day it was on the first day. And I felt, you know, 336 for six in the bank was pretty good going for India. It wasn't perfect for them. But, I, OK, that was that was a you know working score and I think up to around about 400. Then they're right in the game. And I, I feel that if India score 400 at home in the first or second innings of the match, primarily in the first innings, then you're going to have to play pretty well uh, to beat them. You, re- you really are. 400 in the bank for India at home with their experience of their surfaces. And obviously, I think that's how it's you know, played out in this game. England are going to have to do something incredible again uh, not if they're not to lose this match. But actually, this morning, England did pretty well, didn't they? In a, in a way, you know, last four wickets for 60 runs. They still had to get rid of uh, Jaiswal, who, you know, he's magnificent. He's incredible, isn't he? Blake gets 209 today or goes on to you know, finish on 209. We're talking about uh, Jasprit Bumrah, and quite rightly so, because he, he bowled magnificently. And he's, you know, it looks like that spell you know, taking out that middle order for England is going to be the de- ultimately be the decisive uh, moment in this, this test match, if you like. But Jaiswell has set it up. Well, goodness me, he really did set it up. 209 out of 396. But I mean, it's Jimmy Anderson still, you know, running back for a, another day this morning. And he bowled uh, superbly as well. I mean, magnificent figures. Uh, from Jimmy Anderson, uh, you know, it's, it's slightly different from Jasper Bumrah. He's not quite as as quick, and he's got you know very different, completely different me- method. You know, Bumrah unorthodox, Jimmy you know, in one in many ways quite orthodox, but just so many skills. And he was 
superb as well. You know, he was beating J- Jaiswell outside the off stump. It's a bloke, you know, who, who resumed, you know, well well into the, you know, 100s, looking for his double 100, you know, good enough to take the ball past the outside edge against him, you know, a few times. And eventually he dismissed him as well, although it was a, it was a massive wipe uh, from Jaiswell. How, how good was Jimmy Anderson today? Uh, I, I thought uh, just stunning, uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, obviously not, hasn't got the same... Um, you know, sort of unique biomechanics as as Bumra, but he makes the most of his level of athleticism and uh, obviously fingertip control as well. Um, wobble seam, little bit of uh, conventional swing, reverse swing yesterday, and just the control. The, the it was a masterclass of actually how to bowl to a left hander. And you know, as you say, Giswell two hundred not out was playing and missing and playing him with the utmost respect, not taking any liberties, because he just couldn't. Anderson was just not giving him, as you said yesterday, he wouldn't give uh, the cuttings off his fingernails to a, to a batter. I mean, it was just... Uh, or the dandruff off his head. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely brilliant to watch. Genius at work again. There was some interesting detail about Jaiswell on Twitter today from somebody called Nakul Pandey, who is uh, works for Sky Sports actually and uh, knows the Jaiswell story pretty well? The second youngest Indian to ever score a double hundred. We talked about him yesterday as how he journeyed from Uttar Pradesh to Mumbai to try and make it as a cricketer. It says here, uh, twelve years ago, Jaiswell moved a thousand miles from his home in rural Uttar Pradesh to Mumbai to try and become a cricketer. He moved by himself. He was ten. At first, he lived with his uncle, but his uncle lived in Dardar. The Mumbai commute, being what it was, was quite a long way, and he was losing time uh, to have to travel into the ground every day. So he started working in a dairy shop in the city in exchange for living space. But he couldn't work enough, and the shop owner threw him out. He was 11. He ended up living, as we've now told a few times, on the Azad Madan in the Muslim United Club ground staff's tent. His parents asked him to come home, but he wanted to stick it out. So he did for three years, age 11 to 14, in a tent. Jaiswell eventually made an impression on a coach called Jawala Singh. And the the rest of the story is sort of the ride the Rajasthan Royals took him on and, you know, he's become an uh, an absolute star. But it's an amazing beginning, isn't it? It's an extraordinary story. And I imagine there are lots of other young people in India who want to do something similar and probably have done something similar but of course you know it's dog eat dog isn't it you know there are only going to be a few that that, that rise to the top that that have that uh, progression that's the other thing as well when you're that hungry to succeed uh, you're not going to give it away are you you think oh he's, is he just going to hit one up in the air and get out early today but no he wanted that double hundred you know and he was he was trying to score more as well he was just trying to bat with the tail uh, when he was out big shot uh, down the ground. It's, it's an extraordinary story, isn't it? it? It is the story that you know you often see in the movies. It's that it's that type of in, incredible uh, story, and you, you wonder where it's going to go in the future. I saw there was a, f- a few people sort of punting in for ten thousand Test runs by the end of his uh, career. Well, it's early days, but uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of talent to work with there. Mm, no, no, totally. Anderson got his man in the end, caught in the deep. And I noticed a story yesterday, Simon, about Jimmy and that he's in partnership with Ed Balls to resurrect, the former MP, to resurrect state school cricket. 
an mm. unlikely partnership. Uh, but Ed Balls is a keen cricketer. I think he's uh, one of the only Labour MPs who's played at Lords in the MCC, in the, in the Lords and Commons team against the MCC. And uh, great to hear there's a partnership going on between him and Jimmy and obviously some other people, uh, which they've uh, used, I think the ECB are, are getting involved as well to try and resurrect cricket in state schools, which of course is where Jimmy came from, one of the only England cricketers who spent his whole school years in a state school. Yeah, well, it's it's a story worth following, isn't it? And see how successful they can be uh, doing that because the the game needs to be spread and it needs to be spread as widely as possible in as many areas as possible. Uh, if you just have it in niche areas, then you know you, you're really up against it in, in terms of finding, developing talent, and also creating interest in the game as well. Uh, okay, Jos, let's go back to this. Uh, test match. So England finished India off with 396, so 396 runs in the bank. And in- England actually started well, didn't they? Duckett and Crawley again. Crawley, and you know, a fine innings. He, he had a bit of luck. He was dropped at mid-wicket. Quite a difficult chance to Shubman Gill away to his left-hand side. He was playing lots of nice shots and then he decided to take on Aksha Patel. And he hit him for one boundary, smeared him into the leg side. Aksha bowled it a bit wider. Crawley went for it again and he top-edged it. And it went out towards backward point, and an excellent catch taken by Shreya Sire. And that felt actually like a big moment in the game because Crawley was really taking India on and succeeding as well. And in England, you know, they were bounding along in typical England sort of modern style. But it, and then that happened, and then Bumrah got involved, and down they went the escalator. Yeah, I think. Interesting kind of passage of plays, as you say, Crawley using his reach, using his positivity to get England off to a great start. Another 50 stand between him and Ben Duckett. What I found quite interesting was Duckett didn't play any reverse sweeps today. No, no, he didn't. He, he, he extra, good... extra bounce, do you think? Extra bounce? I don't know, actually. The I, there was no reverse sweeping by anybody today, was there? Stokes didn't do well, it. Pope, I don't Root, think he played many, if if any. And Root Duckett got off the mark with a Root, Root got, got off, off the, the mark, mark with a reverse sweep second ball. Yeah, uh, but that Duckett was the one that really tormented the Indian bowlers in the first Test, and in this game he got off to a good start with some nice drives uh, off the seamers, but he didn't seem to be as aggressive uh, or as proactive against the spin, and he got done by. Uh, a ball which spun past his outside edge, called it he had a good delivery. But, you know, maybe if Duckett had looked to sweep that, he would have hit it for runs. So an interesting different mindset. Crawley just playing across a ball which turned a bit, uh, just gripped, and he got the leading edge. And, of course, the other difference was that in the first test, India missed a couple of key chances, actually mm. at backward point, like Ollie Pope. Uh, this test match, that catch from Shreyasire, a difficult one over his head, but he took it, and that was a key moment that got Root to the crease. Then Bumrah whistled up by Rohit Sharma to, to have a go at his bunny. So it's the eighth time that, that Bumrah has taken uh, Root's wicket in Test cricket, and he's finished. He's followed that up with the 13th time that he took Stokes' wicket later on as well. Yeah, just on Ben Stokes' dismissal, it was interesting watching his body language after he was out, wasn't it? There was a, he was he sort of dropped his bat and and sort of and, sh- and shrugged as if to say, well, either that's not fair, you, that ball should not bounce that low, or someone was moving in front of the sight screen or something like that. It was one, you know, you, I think we've all seen cricketers do that from time to time. I don't think I've ever seen Stokes do it before. 
where you feel you've been hard done by for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, it, I, I it don't a, know if was... he was feeling hard done by. I mean, I just think he he's almost it's sort of resignation. I can't play that. You know, that ball started to move away, then moved back. He seemed to move back in the air and then kept low and took out his off stump. I, yeah. I, I remember him doing it once. Do you remember in the World Cup in 2019 when he played superbly against Australia and then Mitchell Stark produced an absolutely wicked Yorker which finished England's hopes, actually, and knocked Stokes off for, I think he was 89 when he got bowled. And he kind of dropped his bat and sort of kicked it away as if to say, I can't play that. And I think this was a bit the same. Just, it's too, that's just too good. I don't know how to deal with it. And fair enough. And with him really went England's chances of reducing that India lead. Hartley, I thought, I mentioned this earlier, I thought played, you know, some nice shots. He looks aggressive. I quite liked your... Or image or analogy, he looks a bit like Stuart Broad when he bats. And I was watching that today and I thought, yeah, there is something there, isn't there? That sort of hoik over deep mid-wicket he's got. And he's prepared to play a few shots yeah, as well. it's slightly provocative as if I'm, I'm going to get under the bowler's skin, which, which he does uh, in the same way as Broad, yeah. But then England eventually bowled out. First innings lead of 143. I mean, I would say... a. a a first thing lead of 143 when you've batted first is about the same size as a lead of 190 when you've batted second because in in that game at Hyderabad, India had to bat last, whereas in this game, England have to bat last. I mean, it's a big lead, isn't it? 143, 190. Yeah, there's obviously a, a difference between the two, but they're yeah they're pretty similar in terms of the pressure that they bring to bear. And then India went out. And knocked 28 for no wicket quite comfortably. Bashir didn't bowl particularly well. He was he bowled some loose deliveries, and India were able to seize on it. There are 171 uh, runs ahead. Okay, they had a lead of 190 on first innings in the last Test match. We know what happened. I would say that game was an outlier, a massive outlier. Pope was dropped on 110, should have been taken. It would have been a very different story. It's a glorious England victory, one of the great victories, one of the great comeback victories. But it's asking a lot to do it back to back. Is it not, Yoz? Yes, I'm going to defer to you on this one as well. I was a bit kind of um, outspoken trying to say that England could get a lead in this uh, particular first innings. Uh, Totally proved wrong. You've been proved right. And uh, I think, you know, England are looking down the barrel this test match. What do they need to do then? If if they if they what are, what's the what are the options open to them in this game if they are to get back in it? I mean I don't think I, I think their, their their attack is is far inferior to the Indian attack in in this game. Uh, the pitch, well, there's some, looks pretty you know, there good, some doesn't it? I mean, swing. it looks it's okay, not too bad. It? I think it's quite a good I mean, cricket England, wicket. There's some uh, bounce. There's some yeah, spin that you sure. can score runs. And England have only got one seamer. Uh, which um, obviously India had two, but only one that had any real impact. In, Anderson's obviously not going to be able to bowl all day. They've got two, you know, very well, three very young spinners. They've got to get into that Indian middle order. But the Rohit Sharma and, and Jaiswal are obviously uh, an excellent opening pair, but the rest of the Indian batting is it, it, you don't feel it's that, that that intimidating, especially without Kohli and quite a long tail as well. So they've got to bowl India out for under 200, uh, effectively, and then hope that they can get a great start and chase 350. But it looks a tall order. 
Yeah, it looks an extremely tall order, doesn't it? I mean, the thing about India's second innings is they that middle order is a little bit fallible and inexperienced, and there are a few players out of form, but they won't be batting under as much pressure, will they? There won't be that the pressure of the match situation. When you've got that big lead behind you, you have got a little bit more freedom. It's harder for England to attack, although I, I mean they'll try to, I suppose, but there will be gaps in the field. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's the psychology of the game, it's, it's all in India's favour uh they india dominated this test match now they well they are dominating this test match now and with with three days to go uh we're looking at uh one one we mind you we're looking india one nil in that last game so there's that there's that inevitable uh caveat with basball but it's it it feels like you, you there's only a certain number of times you can get out of what seem like impossible situations i mean they, they've done it actually against india in the last two test matches they played against them they did it at edgbaston didn't they when they chased 380 that incredible stand between joe root and johnny bairstow they did it at hyderabad well if, if they do it this time i, I mean it just be absolutely Astonishing. I, 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 well, the cricketing logic says no. Cricketing logic says it's impossible to, to win the game from here now. Yeah. The only thing, I suppose, that we could hope for uh, as England fans is for uh, Jimmy to take seven for in the second innings and then become only the third man to take 700 test wickets. He's seven wickets short of the... Uh, elite position, which is now only held by obviously Shane Warne and Matai Muralidran. He'll get there somewhere in this series, I reckon, won't he? Seven wickets to go. Probably not tomorrow, though, <laughs> on this pitch. But but good luck to England for trying. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to review the third day's play. Of course, you can see it all on TNT Sports starting at 4am. Yep, thanks very much for listening. Sorry to be... Uh... A pessimist, and you can shout at me. And if England win this Test match, you can come round to my house and throw rotten tomatoes at me if you like. But that's how it looks, and I think any logical cricket-watching person would say the same thing after two days. But England don't do that much logic, so we'll see. By the way, if you enjoy this podcast, please follow us and subscribe on that little button on your podcast app. See you tomorrow. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.